Welcome back or welcome, welcome. My name is Michelle. I'm Kelly. My name is Kayleen. My name is Jada Wright. This is Annie. I'm Kelsey. And today we're going to step into our power for 40 minutes. Today's class is here for you to learn more about your body and its alignment. And everything's flowing beautifully. Love this. Oh, now it's time for my favorite exercise. We're going to go into mermaid. This workout will have you glistening, sparkling, and sweating. So let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flexia Talks. My name is Kayleen, and I am the founder and CEO of Flexia. And I'm Kelly. I'm the head of content here at Flexia. On this podcast, we dive into all things Pilates culture, including trends, celebrity gossip, movement tips, stories from the studio, and more. And today, we're talking about what it's like to take a class with Flexia which I'm so excited for because I think it's really special. But before we jump in, I have a fun quiz for Kelly. And y'all at home can play along. Yes, I have test anxiety right now. (laughs) Sweating a little bit. (laughs) This is called This, That, or The Other. And the way it works is I am going to say the name of a movement and Kelly has to tell me if it is Pilates, boxing, or yoga. <laughs> now I'll, I'll give a little like context when I say the name. Uh, so I'll, I'll give some of the cues that you might use to describe the movement as well. Um, and then all you have to do is go which one of those three categories, Pilates, boxing, or yoga is it? This is going to be tricky because there's a lot of similar names, if not exactly the same names in different movement modalities. So we'll see how I do. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, everybody knows Joe was a boxer and uh, there's a lot of, you know, story about how Joe found inspiration in yoga. So these three methods in particular are very intertwined. If I fail, we'll just edit this out. (laughs) Nah, we got to keep it real, Kelly. (laughs) I got two wrong on our last quiz that you gave me. Okay. (laughs) How many of the, how many of these am I answering? Four, five, six, seven. I have seven. (sighs) Okay. I'm ready. Let's do it. Just a quick note, I am going to try and keep the names kind of general. So that means I won't be using the or pose in them just to kind of make it a little bit harder. (laughs) Otherwise, it would be too easy. I promise you, you you, you, would be too easy. So um, we're just going to use the meat of the name. Okay, I'm ready. So here's the first one. This is a movement called thigh stretch. Here are some cues that you might use for the movement. Press your legs down and lean back. Reach your arms forward. Is it Pilates, boxing, or yoga? Press your legs down and reach your arms back. Reach your arms forward. Forward. Pilates. You got it. I had to start with a Pilates one, Kelly. You were really scared. Of me. 
it's real. It's a real thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. You feeling better? Maybe. We'll see. That was only one. That was only one. All right. Here we go. This is a movement called cross. Here are some cues. Keep your weight centered. Turn your palm facing down. Tuck your chin. Pull your lead shoulder back. This has got to be boxing. You were right on that, man. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> it is boxing. It is boxing. All right. Next one. This is a movement called semicircle. Here are some cues. Roll your spine down. Pull your heels toward your butt. Reach from your back. This is Pilates. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. A movement called pyramid. Here's some cues. One foot forward. Both toes point forward. Breathe out as you reach down. This is absolutely a yoga pose. How do you know? <laughs> I love vinyasa loga, oh. uh, yoga. I said loga. Uh. Yoga. So <laughs> I know pyramid well. I'm starting to think that uh, you really didn't give yourself enough credit coming into this quiz, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Next one. Bob and weave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if don't I get this wrong. You know, don't tell me you know it already. Come on. Here are some cues. Bend your knees. Tilt your torso slightly forward. Lean slightly to the side and then return to center. Yeah. Bob and weave. We're boxing. <laughs> Kelly just did the movement. <laughs> she was like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. All this thing is the fist, man. <laughs> I know. All right. You got it. All right. How about half moon? Here are some cues. Shift your weight to the front foot. Lift your back foot. Gaze down. One arm up to the sky. I'm sure there's a way you could do something similar in Pilates, but I believe that is a yoga pose. Yep. You are correct. It's kind of similar to an arabesque, right? Yeah. We just call it something different. Yes. All of these movements so far could have, could be done in some form or another in another, you know, method. So it's really mm -hmm. interesting. All right. This is the last one. So already you've beaten my on mic score, Kelly, overachiever. <laughs> Maybe I just didn't make this hard enough. I'll remember that for next time. No! <laughs> All right. So this one is corkscrew. Here are some cues. Squeeze your legs together. Lift your hips. Press your arms down. And sweep your legs down, around, and up. This is one of my favorite exercises in Pilates. It's a Pilates exercise. You got it. 
Hundred percent for oh, Kelly over uh, here. <laughs> yes. I uh, I thought it would be harder, but maybe when you know most of the Pilates exercises, is then it process of elimination is easier. I don't know. I, I don't want to take away from your expertise, Kelly. <laughs> I thought you were gonna give me something like cricket or you know something that's like super abstract. <laughs> Next time. Next time. Next time. Downward facing dog. <laughs> that could be a lot of things. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for playing with us. I certainly enjoyed learning a little bit more about boxing. Thanks to our friends uh, over at Fight Camp and looking into yoga and Pilates. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people want to know what's the difference between yoga and Pilates and as I was making this and looking through the names and the descriptors and kind of jogging my memory and yoga seemed to be a lot about a pose, which implies holding it or it's a very, it's a static pose. And in yoga, you move through poses. So there is movement, but the emphasis is on where the pose is. There's some end point. And all of these exercises in Pilates are actually about the movement. They're not about the one place that you end or start. They're about how you move. So I thought that was really interesting from a kind of analysis observation perspective that um, there are a lot of similarities, but I love, personally, I love the emphasis on the moving part um, and how you get places in Pilates. I love that description that I think that analysis was very nicely executed. I had not thought about it in that way before, but that makes perfect sense. I like that. Well, thank you. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first person to observe that, but, uh, was, you know, always learning something new or thinking about something new. Love that. Um, so let's jump into the Flexia class experience. And yeah. we're going to walk through what it's like before class, during class. Um, and then in another episode, we'll talk about the after class reports and things like that. But one of the things that you might not think of in a, in a fitness class, especially online is you click play on the class you've chosen and we don't just start the class. We're actually asking you a question before. Kelly, what do we yeah. ask? What do we ask people? We want to gauge how you're feeling before you start this workout. And that that mood metric is something that we often forget about after we finish a class. We know we feel really good after we finish a class. Uh, and we can sometimes forget how we felt before we started. So what's really nice about what Flexia is doing in our online studio is we're bringing awareness back to how you felt before you started class. And then you get asked that same question after the class is over. So you can see the difference that your class and your practice had made in your mood. And to me, what that says is it's motivation to 
actually do a class even when I'm not feeling very motivated to move that day. So I can look at my mood metrics for my classes and go, you know, I was really feeling crummy that day. I hopped on my reformer and I actually saw an improvement in my mood after class, which means I know if I take this class, my mood is going to shift and I'm going to feel better. So it's great as a motivation tool. It is. It is. And it's one of those uh, habit building tools as well. You bring awareness to how you're feeling by having to rate it. And therefore, it's a little bit easier to notice. Right. And that's one of the things I love about Pilates is the cues from the teacher can sometimes draw your brain to connect with a different part of your body that you wouldn't consider or notice what is happening. And the, and the teacher can help guide you to that with their words. And uh, the, the mood survey is the same thing. How are you feeling before class? And then how do you feel after class? And not only is that a nice reminder, like Kelly said, for your, for the you, but it also is really interesting data for us to take into our system and then go, okay, which classes made the biggest difference in your mood? Can we get more personalized with taking your feedback into account? And that starts to create this web of um, personalization that hopefully goes beyond even what you might feel in a studio setting. Just because there's this, there, there's this saying in, in business and in engineering, if you don't measure it, you can't improve it. And so we want to measure it. So that's the, that's the pre-class survey. Then you can, you start the class mm -hmm. and on the class screen, you see our teacher moving. So either sometimes our teachers move their body and teach at the same time. And sometimes our teachers will teach models on the reformer so that they can talk and cue at the same times. I find that really helpful because uh, <laughs> I, I can get my, yes, I can get my, I can get better cues out because I'm not like struggling super hard in the middle of an exercise or trying to get my own breath in, but every instructor is a little bit different about preferences. And then we have a couple graphic overlays. So on the left-hand side of the screen, we have our spring level indicator. Kelly, what's yes. that? Uh, the spring level indicator is great because we get to see what spring level you're using per exercise. This is really helpful, especially when you go into a group class. A lot of times you're getting cued to change your springs, put this color on, put that color on. You're not really paying attention other than what the instructor is telling you. So with Flexia in the online studio, you can see in real time what springs you're using for what exercise. And we always start at a level three, which is what the teacher is using during the class. And it allows you to connect the spring level with the exercise that you're doing. And this is really good to bring awareness into your body and into your practice about what tensions work for you and what maybe you need to go a little bit lighter, a little bit heavier on because uh, everybody is different. And in a group class, you don't always get that personalization. And then if you need an adjustment for your body, Kayleen, what do we have as an option below the spring indicator? So right below the graphics, there's a level indicator, which is uh, has a number in the middle. 
And all of our exercises start at three, which is like baseline. And then there's an up or down arrow. So as you're moving in class in an exercise, you have the option to make it more challenging by hitting the up arrow or making it a little bit easier by hitting the down arrow. And this is important, right? We're being very specific with those words because in Pilates, sometimes more challenge is actually less weight. Yes. And that can be super confusing and it's totally dependent on the exercise and the teacher's intention. And so how we change this, how we tell you to create more challenge with the springs um, depends on the exercise we're teaching. So if you're in one of the great examples, Kelly, you were just talking about this off mic was um, we're doing a community challenge right now, 23 classes to end 2023. And in one of the classes, we go into sideline leg exercises and in sideline leg exercises, it's rough, but the action of the springs is resistive, which means that the heavier it is, the harder it is. And so we get people coming into the community, which is so cool and saying, oh my gosh, sideline legs killed me today. And in their graphs, they can see exactly that their control really suffered during that exercise. And so for the next time they take that class, it means, Hey, level down for that exercise. And we will show you what spring setting to use instead so that you can get your control score up. And I just think that is so awesome from a spring setting perspective, because when you go into a group class the teacher is usually going to give the whole class the same spring settings. Correct. And you may be able to ask for more. They may say, you know, use three full springs. If you want a little extra, add a half a spring, whatever, right? Like there, there are exercises where there are options, but in general, a group class and even private classes, we are taught as instructors to do what the baseline spring level is. And so um, with this indicator, we're creating a little bit more autonomy and choice for the people taking our classes. And I, I just love it. And I love hearing the stories of people going, Oh, I saw that that was really hard. So next time I got to click the arrow. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, that's great. It's great. Yeah. It's a must, it's a much more personalized experience for people, yeah. which is great. Yes, absolutely. Now I mentioned control and, we'll see that on the other side of the screen. So on the right-hand side of the screen, we see four real-time metrics. There is weight moved, there is control, consistency, and a speedometer. And I love these because they update in real time as you're moving to show you how on track you are, basically, with uh, doing what the instructor asked you to do. So at the top, there's weight moved. That updates at certain times. Kelly, can you tell us how that updates? Yes, the weight moved metric is going to update after each rep. So you'll see that weight metric total for that set of exercises. 
at the very end of that exercise. So you'll see it not only update each rep, but you'll see it how in total it came up to at the end. Yeah. So between exercises, it'll reset back to zero. So if you're doing arm work, you know, chest expansion, you'll see it maybe go 12 pounds, 24 pounds, 36 pounds, et cetera. Maybe for that whole set, you do 80 something pounds. And then you move on to another exercise, footwork, change the springs, and it starts back at zero. And then you're like, oh, 40 pounds, 80 pounds, 120 pounds, right? And like Kelly said, at the end of class, we tell you how much total weight you moved. Which is really cool. That's a very neat metric for people to see because that's not something that you get in a studio experience or in a group class. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting about Pilates in general is that the main form of resistance on a reformer and on some of the other equipment is springs, which are unique in the fitness world. Uh, and the same principle applies to like resistance bands and cords and things, you know, therabands. But basically, the further you stretch them, the harder it gets. And so mm -hmm. it's not, you can't just pick up and say, oh, I want the five pound spring. That's not how it works. And so it's really hard sometimes to know, to have some reference of what settings do I use and how do I know I'm progressing and, and getting better and then able to handle more or less load. And typically in, in Pilates, there are a regular spring, which would be like one or 100%. Mm -hmm. And then there's quarter springs, which is like 25% of that one spring. There's half springs, which is like 50%. And then there's 125% or 1.25. Uh, you had a really interesting point, Kelly. Um, is it the same across all manufacturers? No, um, it's not a one-for-one -one exchange. Uh, different reformer companies and different spring manufacturer springs vary depending on what they consider a, a one or 100% or a full spring or a half spring. So if you've been on different manufacturer reformers, that one spring on one reformer is going to feel slightly different uh, one spring on a different reformer manufacturer. I did a really nerdy deep dive into springs back before Flexia. Uh, you, you could probably find a blog post somewhere about the science of springs. <laughs> but basically, besides the spring weights and all the factors that go into designing how the spring performs, which obviously have a tolerance, so it's not always going to be the same. It'll, anyway, there are a lot of other factors that contribute to how a, a move feels. Things like what are the wheel bearings? What is the wheel surface? How clean are your rails? You know, are your are you pulling the ropes through the pulleys and are they worn or are you using leather straps? So the springs aren't the only things that contribute to how uh, an exercise feels, but they do have probably the biggest influence out of all those factors I mentioned. And springs between manufacturers are not compatible with each other. So don't go putting someone else's springs on other reformers for sure. Uh, Please don't. Great, great way to void your warranty. But there are also different lengths, which totally changes how they feel. So they'll feel similar, but not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Right below weight moved, we have control. And this is one yeah. of my favorite metrics. And I love this for 
mindful movement methods. And, you know, we talk a lot about how traditional fitness metrics don't correlate to progress in mindful movement, like Pilates. You might take a Pilates class, come out feeling really tall and energized and ready for the day. And your teacher's like, hey, good job. And the only metrics you might have are on your Apple watch where it's like, oh, I burned 120 calories. Woo. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> like I just spent an hour in Pilates class and I only burned 120 calories. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's, not, it's defeating. It's not cardio. And, right. and so this control metric is really at the heart of what do we care about in Pilates? Hey, did you do what I asked you to do? And then how close were you? And that's where control comes in is how well you as the student followed the instructor's instructions. Mm -hmm. So what do you see? We've got some, some indicators on the screen, Kelly, what do they look like? How do they work? We've got these indicators called, we call them pips. So there are three little circles underneath your control metric that will light up all filled green when you've demonstrated the level of control that we'd expect to see for an exercise. If you're starting to slip in your control, it's probably going to fall somewhere between two pips and it's going to be yellow. And if you're not experiencing very much control in the exercise, you're going to have one pip filled and that'll be red. And one of the things we like to mention is like when you're in that red zone, you come back to the instructor and, and, and you go, okay, well, maybe I need to level down the springs on this exercise, right? What is the instructor asking me to do? I probably could do it a little bit better if the springs weren't so challenging. That's that, what's yeah. so that's what's so magical about these metrics in the middle of class. You can make those real time adjustments and see the the improvement yes. throughout. The, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just was super excited about. <laughs> yes, this is what this is what we're talking about. This is what makes this experience unique. Yeah, and similarly in the yellow zone, it is. Hey, bring yourself back to the instructor. Maybe you don't quite need to make a spring change. Maybe you need to struggle here a little bit. And that struggle is okay. We want you, we don't want it to be so easy that it's perfect because then you're not getting the most benefits. But, you know, we want you to be in that yellow green range. Right below control is a metric called consistency. And the pips, the pips function exactly the same. They lag a little bit in showing up because they are measuring is rep five the same as rep four, three, two, and one, basically all the ones that come before it. So we, uh, it shows up after three or four reps and continues to measure, hey, are you able to maintain that high standard throughout the entire set Uh for that exercise. And that's really important because, um, great. You can do one rep of an exercise. Perfect. But like, let's develop the muscular endurance to be able to do it multiple times over. Right. And that, that, uh, lag that we're, that we're saying is actually a really good thing because the, the sensors are detecting what consistency you're showing throughout the exercise. So you need at least three reps to show what level of consistency you're performing. So like you said, one rep is not going to 
give us an accurate consistency score. Yes. By definition, you need at least two or three. Yes. All right. Uh, and then right below consistency, we have speed. The need for speed. <laughs> this is the Top Gun metric. <laughs> uh, the speedometer tells you if you are moving about the same tempo we're asking you to move. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you'll see it kind of toggle between too fast, good, and, and too slow. And that is another guide if you notice your control score is slipping out of green into yellow or red, check in with the speedometer to see, hey, am I moving at about the right speed? Because as a, let me tell you, as a teacher, the most common cue I give people is slow down. Oh, yes, absolutely. I know it's challenging and we want to get through it. Trust me, I get it. But yeah, yeah. We lose a little bit of control when we try to power through it too fast. Yeah, so... This again is not, you know, I want to come back to like, there's not a perfect speed for everything. There's not a perfect control or position that you should always be in throughout your life. This is about body awareness and the strength to perform specific movement tasks, which are exercises in Pilates in the way that we've asked you to do it. And so all the ways that we're asking you to behave, we measure and then give you that feedback on screen during class. Yeah, a great example of this is that, you know, depending on what the focus of the class is, footwork can be performed at all different types of speeds, right? So you might be used to doing a very quick footwork, but that may not be the focus of that exercise for that class. Maybe the teacher is instructing you to really take your time, focus on certain muscle groups, focus on your breath. So your speed's gonna change. So this allows you to stay in the same speed range that the teacher is intending for that class. And it helps keep your awareness about what you're doing. Oh, I can just think of so many creative things to do in footwork. <laughs> out for one, come in for two, press out and pulse. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm wishing I had someone to torture. I mean, teach. So. <laughs> It's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after class, we do finish with another survey. What's on that mm -hmm. survey? This survey is one of my favorite. You get ask your mood metric like we mentioned in the beginning. You get that follow-up question at the end so you can see the difference it makes to do Pilates. And you also get the option to give us feedback on how that class was for you. And this is something Kayleen and I have talked about in a previous podcast, and it's something that we love to get every Monday morning. It shows up in our inbox, and we sit there and we go through our post-class feedback. And you can leave us your thoughts about what you thought of the class, what you thought about the cues, what you thought about the instruction, how you felt after the class. We read it all, and we take it into programming uh, for the future. So we really love that post-class survey. It's a real, it's an option for you to tell us your thoughts. Uh, one of my favorite recent ones was, uh, <laughs> I was so happy. I didn't have to drive into a studio to take this class. I love the variety of exercises. I will definitely take this one again. 
That's what I love about an online studio is, you know, when you go to a st- to an in-person studio and you take a really great class, you don't get to do that class again. But here, you can do it as many times as you want. And you can even continue to improve upon your experience in that class each time. So it's great. Yeah. One of our members recently posted um, in the Facebook community that she took a class during the challenge today or yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a class that she had done a month ago. And when she was done with the class, she saw that her MQS, her movement quality score, actually increased like 11 points between the time she's taken the class. That's what Um, we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really, it's, that's a really fun comparison that you don't get anywhere else. Um, yeah, classes. So that's really fun to see. Um, anyway, and people, and people really enjoy it. They really enjoy. And it's something that you're, you know, you were just talking about your fitness watch, something that your fitness apps don't give you, you know, they don't give you that, oh, I took this class and I'm taking it again. Look how I improved. Look, look how much better I felt after this class. It doesn't, it doesn't show you that, but we do. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going, okay, what is an MQS? What is a movement quality score? We will talk about that next episode when we talk about the after class report, which is super fun to dive into your performance. But today we had a fun time talking about what it's like to take class with us in the studio, what you get um, while you're working out. And I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on The Reformer. If you're ready to embark on your Pilates journey, go to FlexiaPilates.com to learn more about Flexia's award-winning online studio, innovative technology, and professional-grade smart Pilates reformer. With over 150 classes and new ones added every week, it's easy to find the workout that fits your life. Paired with our innovative technology that gives you real-time feedback and tracks your progress, your Pilates experience will be totally transformed. Once again, that's FlexiaPilates.com to learn more. Happy reforming!